BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Papaya Podcast. I'm your hostess, Tran Hermostis, Sarah Nicole, and each week I'm going to be dishing out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom or something like that. So get ready to get inspired, get candid, get real, because we are all in this digital space together. All right, so we're back. This is a semi-solo podcast because it's about me, but I have someone helping. And uh, Becky took it upon herself to do a Ask Anything About Sarah in her Instagram stories. And now she has brought over her little notebook and we are going to go through and answer them. I'll be honest, I kind of forgot about this. I thought we were doing polls. Yeah, I don't want to take credit for these questions. These are everyone's questions who love you and just want to know important things. Unlike you who asked me what elementary school I went to yesterday and I thought you were trying to steal my password somewhere. Yeah, you literally accused me of trying to steal your personal information. I, did. I was like, I was why would you curious. ask that? You're like, I'm trying to be a good friend and ask curious questions about you. And I was like, mm, sounds like somebody who's stealing my password. <laughs> also, I've taught at all the schools in Guelph. So true, I'm curious to like true, true. imagine you in the hallways. All right, fair enough. The school I went to, though, is a carbon copy of the school that our kids went to. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's it literally are. They yeah. use the same blueprint. Yeah, identical. So it's always weird. Yeah. yeah. Mm, interesting. Yeah. All right, get after it, Becky. Lead the way. The first question that someone asked. Oh, is it big or is it Extremely nice? personal. Oh, God. Is it how many times I have sex in a week? Have you ever shut your nipple in a hardcover book? <laughs> because apparently a lot of people have gone through this and they need you to weigh in. No, I've never shut my nipple in anything. And this is like a weird little shout out to Nick's, but like, I don't take my bra off at the end. Like I, I... You sleep in your bra? No, no, no. I take it off to sleep, but I, I read oh. with a Kobo in bed. So I, if I were reading during the day with a book, I would have a bra on. They're comfortable. I don't know. But no, I've never shut my nipple in anything ever, which is like, I'm not large chested, but I do have permanent headlights because of oh, breastfeeding. Okay. Yeah. So I just want to know who's slamming their books closed so hard that they're like So you've never it's never happened to you. No. No. I'm a but it's gentle reader. People. Yeah. It was one of the polls where people were like, I've done this often. Laptops. <gasps> the people have slammed oh my God. in a laptop snapping closed. Are we naked doing things like this? Even through the clothes. It can grab a nip anytime. I did watch this really interesting video yesterday where a woman was like, if you have gas trapped in your chest, you like take your tit and you whip it around on the one side. And then she was like, this this girl's like, this can't work. And then she did it and she like burped huge. What? I'm going to have to find it. It was like when I was deep scrolling and I don't know where it is now. But that's sparking something though. That sounds familiar. It's weird. But like she tried it and it worked on both sides. She like, I don't know how, I don't have enough tit to throw. Yeah. That's really intriguing. Yeah. Okay. Next question. Okay. This someone did send in. They wanted to know, how do you cultivate body neutral ideals around food in your household? Oh, I mean, it's a lot of just like course correction because your house is, the way I've sort of framed it is you can't bubble wrap your family. They're going to learn diet culture. They're going to hear things. Yeah. They're going to know, like I've literally had some of my kids' friends sit in the house and like read out calories or say foods are good and bad. And it's more about like creating a safe environment to be, to remove that because I have them too. Like there are times where I'll be like, oh, I don't want to like have, I, I don't want to have like bad food right now or I don't want to have junk. Like I'll say those right. words. 
words, but it's like a course correction. I think a lot of people are just like, you talk about this, you must be perfect in it. And that's like not reality. It's like a constant, anybody who's grown up in this society knows that we have constant bad, good food language and like body negative thoughts that like, if I'm going to go on a deep dive are meant to like control us and keep us distracted and keep us from doing anything else. So I'm very aware that like, that's the society and the culture that we're in. But what I try and do is be open to course, correct, be open about doing that out loud in your home. Even when you say something negative, being able to like course correct and be like, I need to be kinder to myself. I'm going to say three things that are kind or course correct your kids when they say things about themselves or say things about food or when you say things about food and just making your home ultimately like a place of like learning and a safe place to land because your kids can go experience body shaming. But if they come home and know that they're going to be loved and welcome, like that's the only effort I can really make. And I, we don't ever know if we do a good job with this stuff. All of us at the end of the day are still, like I saw one of the people I follow who talks so much about body confidence, Nicole Zajac, was talking about how, you know, being thin is like her Roman empire. And so many people chimed in and were like, yeah, it's so true. And I think that the reality is we have to detach that we live in a society that tells us that all the time from the reality of we're also learning to live confidently in our bodies right now. It doesn't mean that it takes away the Roman empire being mm-hmm. thin. It just means that like we can acknowledge it sometimes and also acknowledge that we're trying to be better. You're right though, because you can do everything right and there's still outside influence. Like I can personally say I've never said one bad thing about my body in front of my kids ever. And all it took was one girl in her class who had some ideas that were probably given to her through a parent. It was about like dieting and she's fat and this is bad food and you're eating junk. So my daughter came home and was just really, really confused and took in a lot of the things that this girl was saying to her. So you're right. You can do everything perfect in the home and there's still going to be something that's infecting your kid. A hundred and ten percent. And I think, yeah, it's just being willing to learn and course correct along the way. I mean, I hid my entire weight loss journey from my kids, I thought. Right. And then my own daughter was like, people only like you because you lost weight. Because even though I wasn't saying things out loud to them and they weren't on the internet, everybody else was. Everybody else was talking about it. Everyone else was congratulating me to my face. So they eventually took in that message. So you really can't avoid it in a lot of ways, but you can be sort of like that safe place and landing, I guess. And yeah, at the end of the day, like we also have to acknowledge that a lot of disordered eating and eating disorders is not entirely nature. It's also, or sorry, it's not entirely environmental. It's often genetic and it's often like a mental disorder. I years ago talked to somebody on the podcast, I forget who it was. And she shared that like, if there is anybody in the family lineage Mm -hmm. that has an eating disorder, it's like alcoholism. It like literally genetically can be passed down. So we have to really be open to the fact that like, it's not necessarily like you caused it in a child or like you, like it, but it, it does remind you to like, try and course correct because that could actually break cycles for future generations. Okay. Yeah. So it's like, and it's also a mental disorder, right? So like anybody can suffer from illnesses. Yeah. So it, yeah. Anyways. One of the most asked questions was about your hair. Interesting. Specifically, how do you wash your hair with extensions in? Oh. Is the process different? Like, do you have to be more gentle? So I have tape and extensions and I've had them off and on for six years. And I'm going to be honest, I love them. Uh, I find that it's easier to do my hair. Mm -hmm. They are expensive, but if you take care of them, they can last a really long time. So my hair extensions that I bought a year ago are a year old. Like some don't even last six months. Mine have lasted for a year. What do you mean by take care of them? Like how do you take care of them? Do you tell them a lullaby before bed? No, like things, I've just made some changes in the last year where I wear, as everyone knows, I wear like a sleep bonnet. Yeah. This is something that is very commonly known in black culture. Black hair is often protected by sleep bonnets, but it also can be really good for all hair types. Keep, I, I struggle with night sweats. And so I first did it because I was like, I just need my hair off of my neck when I'm sleeping. Mm -hmm. And the bonnet, I realized, also kept it from tangling. So I wasn't having any tangling issues. It was just my – I would wake up in the morning and my hair would look almost like I styled it just – before I have to like touch up a couple pieces. Mm -hmm. But with washing your hair, yeah, it's a little bit different because you're basically scrubbing between. 
but you don't get like the same deep scrub, like scalp scrub that you maybe could normally get. But other than that, it's really, it's maybe adding an extra 10 minutes of blow drying. But I find with when I have my hair short, even though everybody loves it, my hair, since I had like thyroid changes, mm-hmm. my hair is like so fragile now. And it was constant. We were constantly having to hack off like an, like an inch and a half at a time because yeah. the ends were so damaged from heat. So I'm a big fan of, because I only wash my hair maybe every five days. Okay. I usually do a mask every time. Like I'll do, I'll do my shampoo. I use the JVN hair mask. It, it takes three minutes and then I, and then I get out and I use the, sorry, this sounds like an ad for JVN. JVN, JVN <laughs> hair, the blowout milk. Okay. I swear by it. It's really good. And there's also this Kirstos like liquid water thing if my hair ever gets like damaged that I use that. But yeah, nothing really too, too different. I just find that over time, my hair is like healthier and easier to manage. Okay. Ooh, and if you're going to buy, just from hearing what everyone's saying, if you're going to buy a bonnet, try to make sure you get a bonnet from a black maker. Yeah, I'm trying to find one from one because I've been buying mine. Well, I bought mine at a hotel, but they are on Amazon, but I would like to find one as well. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to back that because I need to do that as well. Maybe in the podcast post, if anyone knows of any bonnet makers. Or if we find one, I'll add it. I'm so excited to announce that support for today's episode comes from Jenny Kane. Perfect timing, honestly, because winter is right around the corner, or if you're Canadian like me, it's pretty much already here. So maybe your wardrobe needs a little bit of a refresh, or you're looking for some really iconic staples. I love staple products because they do carry from season and year to year. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than ever before. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. From luxurious cashmere sweaters to iconic accessories and elevated versions of all your everyday favorite basics. Not to mention the most incredible home essentials too. Jenny Kane is here to help you live your best holiday season yet. And for a limited time, our listeners get 15% off their first order. Go to JennyKane.com and use code PAPAYA to get 15% off. I chose a really beautiful slip dress and a cashmere sweater, and I'm dying to use them this season. And I feel like they're going to be in my wardrobe for the next five to 10 years because they're so iconic, so classic, and so timeless, which is the vibe I got from pretty much everything I found at Jenny Kane. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A. Yne.com and use code papaya for 15% off. That's Jenny Kane, J E N N I K A Y N E.com. Use code papaya and you're going to get 15% off your first order. This is Gracie Norton from the Wellness Her Way podcast, the ultimate sanctuary for a welcoming approach to wellness. It seems like every day there's a new food we're not supposed to eat, a new cleanse to take part in or a new workout that claims to give us a flat stomach within a week. Rather than hopping on trends, we're going back to the roots of wellness and making a home of our body, mind, and soul. If you're seeking physical growth, emotional abundance, or simply a more fulfilling life, tune in to the Wellness Survey podcast on November 6th. Get ready to embrace your body through all its forms and get back to the roots of wellness. Someone wants to know, do you have any tips on how to boost confidence after divorce? Oh, I mean, maybe I'm a little different. Divorce was like, for me, I didn't really think. Had you lost confidence after? (sighs) No, I gained it because I was struggling for so long to like exit that relationship and like battle with, you know, acknowledging that it was my decision and you know, was I a big bad person for making it and all of those things. So when I finally did it, even though I was like shaking for weeks, I felt like I finally had taken that step. And that's like the biggest and scariest step. We talked before about like the staircase and like that first step as being like the most confident one. Yeah. And that really was like, when I look back on it, I'm like, that took 
that was like years of buildup and so much gusto and letting go of what everybody else was going to think and doing what was right for me. And that was, that was huge. So I do think what was interesting is that I had in my head a little bit, if I'm going to be super honest, I had this idea that I was going to be like hit on all the time and like everyone was going to, I was going to have all these options and I didn't want to get married again. Like I didn't really think about that. I just thought I was going to have fun and nothing like that happened. Like that wasn't really real. If anything, I feel like people hit on me more when I was married, which is like just just shows the red flags I attracted in that (laughs) that era. Well, I was a server as well. And I was serving at a restaurant in the bar side. So it would happen like pretty commonly. But then once when I was single, I found myself like not really, it didn't really happen. It wasn't like this big thing. And I think that was important because ultimately it led me to learn how to be alone. And it it led me to figure out what I wanted and build my confidence from a place of essentially loneliness and like not knowing what I wanted to do. And I had never even like gone out to eat by myself before. And so like taught myself how to do those things, especially on the nights that I didn't have the kids. Mm. And I feel like because I did that, and even though I started dating Shane about a year after my divorce, when we started dating, I was getting to know that part of myself and I wasn't willing to let go of learning who I was. Yeah. And I feel like he kind of met me in the mess a little bit, but also met me where I was at and and didn't try and like fill the gaps and like anything like that. And he also was the kind of partner that never comments on my body. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in a weird way that helped me. And it also helped me at a time that I was learning how to, there's so much talk around like when you go through a breakup, like having a revenge body. Yeah. And I felt that a little bit, but when I met Shane, he was like, we need to eat because eat is eating is joyful. And like, we need to experience yeah. this moment. Like we're here, like when else are you going to have this? And I felt like he kind of was like retraining my mind to like see food as joy and to like see my body as like something that would ebb and flow. He was the first person to ever say those words to me. So I did sort of gain confidence in being alone and dating again, somebody who was good for me. And almost like anytime you made a decision for yourself and then carried through with it, that was like a little confidence boost. Every time you started like making your own decisions, getting yeah. your own bank account, like oh my doing gosh. all those things, it was like an extra little boost of confidence. Yeah. There's a lot like when you There's a lot in divorce stuff. And if you go back and listen to the episode with Lemonade Life Coach, where she talks about divorce as like taking, she, she, her divorce was like put on her. But she talks about how divorce is like a project. And when you look at it like a project and you take a step every single day in that project, like you take a different thing, like opening the bank account, talking to the lawyers, then it doesn't become this like massive undertaking because it is, it's a massive, massive project that you're taking on. But yeah, those little, I remember going and sitting and I felt so weird being like a 30 year old woman asking for my first bank account since yeah. like I maybe had a debit card when I was little, but I never had a credit card of my own. I didn't have a bank account on my own. And I went and this woman was like, Hey, like I've been through divorce too. I know mm-hmm. what this feels like. I know this is a lot. Let me walk through everything. She at no point made me feel juvenile or silly. Yeah. And all that did was like, I now know how to walk into a bank and ask for these things because she took the time to like walk me through that. Mm-hmm. So I do think a lot of the confidence that I built up was allowing myself to be uncomfortable and to learn through those experiences. Like what's the worst that's going to happen? Like at yeah. the end of the day, like you take yourself out to the movies by yourself and somebody is like, oh, that person's out to the movies by themselves. Like, what does it matter? Yeah. Like you start dressing differently. You start doing things that you've always wanted to do. I bought pink, I bought pink sheets because I'd never yeah. had to ask somebody's opinion on like what kind of, like this is my first time getting to just choose. Yeah. And so all of those little things, like it really, it came down to just like figuring out how to execute decision-making in right. a time that you're sort of like floating through life. Yeah. I love that. Sure. Okay. More lighter. What is your go-to karaoke song? People want to know. And you have a good singing voice. Would you ever let anyone hear it? Do you like karaoke? I don't like karaoke. I... Which isn't just wild to me because your singing voice is good. I'm a trained singer and pianist and I have horrific stage fright when it comes to singing. My voice shakes. Right. And I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to control that. You don't have to fix it if you don't want to. Yeah. I mean, I enjoy singing when I want to sing, but when it comes to karaoke. What would be your go-to song? People want to know. Probably a Disney song. Okay. Not Britney, not Shania, not Dolly. Uh, No. I mean, I don't have the same voices them. The closest I can sing in 
song is like a Sarah McLaughlin. Like I can knock a Sarah McLaughlin out of the park. I love. I can knock a Disney tune I out of the park. I love building a mystery and I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> I really like that song. It is a really good She song. references vampires in it. And I got really excited when I was younger. Yeah. Okay. What fictional family would you want to be a member of if you could be a member of any fictional family? I want to be Phil Dunphy's wife. Oh. I want to be Modern Family's that family. That would work so well. I, you know, I would love to know what everybody would think is like their top sitcom partner. I asked Shane this last night. I'm like, if you could marry any sitcom person, like yeah. who would you marry? And my answer is Phil Dunphy. Like I love Phil Dunphy. I also realize I married a very Phil Dunphy adjacent person, but maybe a little less bit cooler. Silly. Yeah. But like somebody who loves magic, somebody who's like generally a positive person. Yeah. <laughs> just... Not the magic, please. But yeah, like I, I love you that family. You would fit in so well there. I always wanted to be a member of Buffy Summers family from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. <laughs> just because again. Do you take every episode as an opportunity to talk about Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I mean, because maybe I don't I do. think we've made one yet. I would be so good in that family. I would just you be would. eating snacks, you lying would. on the couch and Buffy would go out yes. and get those vampires and I would be like, go get those vampires. <laughs> and I would keep snacking on the couch. I just want to date. Who's the guy with the white Spike? hair? Yeah, Spike. Thank I felt you. like I was making that hair, that name up in my head because of his hair. I could no, talk too Spike. long about this. We should stop because okay. I want to talk to you about how Joss Whedon had a real vendetta against the guy who played Spike, but we oh. won't go there. Okay. This is a little bit more serious, but a lot of people wanted to know what are some good things to do to support someone who is struggling with mental health, in your opinion? Because um, it's different for everyone. Don't ask what you can do. I absolutely agree with that because yeah. it puts the onus on them to try to come up with something when yeah. they're already struggling. Years ago on the podcast, there was a woman named Leslie who came on and she talked about her journey with breast cancer. Okay. And she said that one of the hardest things was telling people what she actually needed as opposed to just letting them give them what they wanted. Right. And again, I learned this in my anti-racism course with Monique Melton. And she mm -hmm. talked about how everyone wants to show up as the anti-racist like that they want to be as opposed to like right. asking. So she, it was a big on like, actually figuring out what people need and showing up that way in a way that you're not asking them. So I remember Leslie said what she needed at the time was not more meals. She needed somebody to shovel her driveway. Oh, I remember, remember that this? episode. Yeah. And, and then I people remember, just showed up and shoveled kept, for her. Yeah. So things like that where I'm like, the the bur you already feel like a burden to the world. That's the best explanation I can have for like what I experienced. So when people are like, what can I do for you? And I'm like, I'm already a burden. Like yeah. I don't want to be more of a burden. Right. But that's when, how you feel, even though that's not the reality. Yeah, like you're not a burden. Yeah. hundred percent. And I also think like, it's hard because when you want people to be honest about their mental health, it, I said this to Shane, I'm like, if somebody asks you, how are you? And you say, good. That might be masking because yeah. if you say not good, the entire room, the air in the room changes. You have everyone, to explain why. Yeah. You have to make people feel like, oh, okay. Yeah. So let people share in the way that they want to share and just ultimately figure out how to show up for them. Maybe like for me, I love when people like send me funny memes. Right. I mean, one thing we have this week, there was a company that sent us meals and they're like really nutrient-based meals. A shout out Meraki. But she sent us meals and I... I've had such a busy week because I was dealing so much with like my mental health in the last yeah. couple of weeks. And this week, not having to worry about meals, even though I'm not in it anymore, yeah, not in the fog. I'm like, I have everything. I, and she let me pick out the meals so I know what stuff I'm going to eat. And we don't have to worry about dinners this week. And I didn't realize like what a mental load off that was. So yeah, like things like that, I think have really made a difference when people just like do for you and you're like, I have this for you take it or leave it or hear something funny. But like, I also not like, yeah, not asking people what you can do for them. Also not sending them texts that are demanding a reply. Okay. Yeah. Just sending like notes of love that you can just heart the message because it can take a lot, especially as if you say something publicly and then everyone kind of checks in on you. Yeah. You go from like nobody knowing to like everybody checking in on you. It can be also overwhelming yeah. and again, making you feel like a burden. Yeah. So like things like that. And I think overall, just like trying to be a positive person in their life and like reminding them of their worth and reminding them of like how depression lies, I think. But yeah, not putting too much pressure on, but maybe giving them some ideas if you want to, if you're going to the grocery store being like, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. Do you want to come with me or can I pick you up anything? Those are a different way than being like, what can I do for you? It's like, do I you know? am going to the grocery I'm store. Do you want to come yeah. or what can I get you? Yeah, exactly. I feel like you stumbled across a business there 
called Memes and Meals. Memes and Meals. Where it's like a grief thing where they oh like gosh. send a little funny thing and send a meal. That's a good point. Such a good point. Okay. If you could rename yourself, what would you pick as your name? Oh, I want something like really cool. I always wanted. Have you, you love those two Australian radio hosts? Yeah. Tony Lodge. Okay, yes. And Ryan. So Tony was talking about how she loved the name Vivian because oh, it's just so cool and people could Vivian call you Viv. Cool. Like, yeah. hey, Viv. Yeah, that's so I real. would choose Vivian. Even I, though I'm not a Vivian, I'd yeah. want people to call me Viv. I would choose the baby name that I never got to use, which oh. is Story, because I loved the movie Lady in the Water, and that is my favorite name of anything ever. I feel like never that would be a-, a perfect name for you, and also you could fit in with Tasha's kids. Story Landry is a fucking cool name. Yeah. Right? Love it. I would fit in with Tasha's kids. Yeah. Her kids are wisdom, glory, and courage. courage. I love it. Yeah. You could just fit in. I would fit in. Be part of the family. Do you have any pet peeves and what are they? For anyone listening, my pet peeves are people who are in love and are jogging together because I don't think it's fair that you're jogging and also you're in love. Separate things is fine. But if you're in love and you're jogging together, particularly if you have a matching outfit, it's just a pet peeve of mine. That's so fair. Yeah. I don't naturally, I think I get like a little annoyed at like random yeah, but things, I can't think but of I don't anything. have like a pet peeve that's yeah. ever really stuck with me. Yeah. Wait, Shane's choice in Christmas lighting. Is that oh, a pet that's peeve? my pet peeve. Okay. This needs explanation. My pet peeve is that Christmas lights now are not the same color. When you talk about color versus white, yeah, yeah you're right. This is my big pet peeve. <laughs> color versus white is not the same conversation it was in 1990. Okay, fair. In 1990, they were warm, lit, incandescent bulbs, and now they're these LED bright lights that It can be very like harsh. Some, it feels like somebody put their high beams on. Do you know, like, that yeah. shade of white? I don't want that. So I... I don't like that kind of colored light. So when the conversation of colored versus white, I need to have the conversation about 1990 because if you asked me then, I'd be like, yes, <laughs> colored. But because we're in the now, I have to say otherwise. So you'd like a soft, glowing, golden white versus yes. like the bright, harsh and white. color. So this, what we did with our Christmas tree is mm-hmm. we got a, we got, I copied Jillian Harris because I went to her house and I was Fair. like, wait a second. This tree has the old school colored lights. And she was like, oh. go to Canadian Tire, get strings of them and put them onto the white lit Christmas tree. So we actually have a tree with both. And the way that it glows is like the way it glows in holiday movies. Okay. Riddle me this. Try and watch a single holiday movie this year okay. where they use the LED bulbs. They never do. That's true. It removes the romance. Okay, fair. I need to romance I life. might try this wrapping the colored lights around is, the white light Christmas uh, tree thing. So pretty. It's okay. so pretty. But it has to be the incandescent bulbs. Okay, someone wanted to ask you about balance. <sighs> As in, do you have it? No. Tips for busy people. Are you not qualified to give tips on balance? I just don't think it's real. I think you need to acknowledge when you are in the weeds of life and when you're in a busy season. Balance might be something that you eventually discover. It's not going to be when you've got little kids in the house and you're running a career and managing a home. It's just like I sometimes I find this is like, and I'm not annoyed that this question was asked. It's just that it's constantly asked of women, how do you balance your life? And I think it's this thing that we have to be balancing. Work 50% and home life 50% sometimes. And that's always the answer. I would never not be cleaning if I was going to find that quote unquote balance. So right. I choose to rest. I ch- My balance is having mess in the home. My balance is saying no to things. My balance is like understanding that sometimes I travel for work and other times I'm here all too much. There is like, I drive in the car with the kids two hours a day yeah. because that's something that's important to me and I do my best with it. And then sometimes I'm gone for four days at a time for work. What is balance in the, like, what are we looking at balance as? Because I think what we've made it to be in our heads and what I feel like I always get pulled into, this trap of shame is that balance looks like a clean home. You're doing everything. Good mental health. Yeah. Good. Like you've got to have your hygiene's got to be one-on-one, like perfect. Yeah. Your kids are well-behaved. Everything's going well. You don't forget a single school event. You never drop the ball at work. No, that's not balance. Like right. balance is such an individual thing. And it's also acknowledging where your boundaries are and where your sacrifices are and not expecting a clean house and a perfect life as the form of your own personal balance. I love that answer. That's maybe my favorite answer of the episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. We haven't even finished. Because <laughs> the next question is going to see Because the next question is cottage cheese. What are your thoughts? 
used to hate it, now kind of like it. No, Sarah. I'm so sorry. The texture. I know. I But you know I like rice pudding. My friend Ina says that it has to be firm cottage cheese and she That's puts fair. spicy spice stuff on it yep. and eats it every morning for breakfast. But I cannot fathom shoving cottage cheese in my mouth. The texture, it doesn't like, bother you? I like like a spoonful of it with a cracked pepper on top. A cracked pepper, Sarah. Uh, what does that taste like to you? It just tastes like it tastes Jelly? like cheese curds. Mm. I like cheese curds. Yeah, but that doesn't taste like cheese curds because it's got the slimy stuff. Shane gets, no, no, no. Shane gets the really thick kind. It's not like that. Thick cottage cheese. I really wanted you to band together with me on this. Sorry. I really am like, there are times where I'm like, that's disgusting. And other times I'm like, it's just cheese. I don't want to yuck anyone's yum, but I also really do. (sighs) That's fair. Cottage cheese is controversial. And it's also had a moment. Did you see that like TikTok, like the whole fit wellness well, realm was like- mixing it in things. Cottage cheese, everything. But I did use it. We we mixed it into tomato sauce to get Lemmy more protein because she doesn't really like meat. Apparently, if you mix it in with scrambled eggs, it's good too, but I'm never going to try it. <laughs> okay, never. Would you ever eat pasta with a spoon? Someone was incensed about this, that her husband eats pasta with a spoon. It wouldn't be my choice, but I would do it. You but don't it have any strong feelings about it? No, but okay. I, I like to eat most things with a fork. Everything but cereal and soup. Like when, when we're having like a rice dish and Shane will be like, do you want a spoon or a fork? I'm always like, fork. Okay, Why Scott, are you asking me Scott this? got this from his dad, but Scott actually eats ice cream with a fork because he doesn't let it get soupy. He likes to stab at it and get it quickly. Honestly, he's basically making tiny ice cream Well, because he eats the little Haagen-Dazs, like our Ben and Jerry's little cartons. So he'll just go in there with a fork and not scoop it out because we don't like his flavors. Wow. Yeah. Just a Fascinating. Thought. Okay. And then someone, a lot of people actually had this question. This okay. was one of the most asked There's a questions. lot of repeats? Interesting. A lot of people were really curious about when it comes to exercise, mm-hmm. how did you shift your mindset from weight loss to like health or feeling good or just like moving to move? Like, how did you make that shift of mindset? Acknowledging that you're still going to have those thoughts. Like okay. acknowledging that they're still going to be there. Crop up. Yeah. When you're- I was really open about this last year because I went from like not being able to exercise the entire pregnancy. Yeah. And then postpartum, I really like didn't a ton. Like I'm always so impressed when people are like six weeks, I can get back at it. And I was like six weeks, I was on the couch. Like yeah. I was not ready. But when I started working out again, I was actually surprised that I gained weight. And then I realized that in my head, even though I wasn't working out to lose weight, there was part of me that thought I would. It correlated the it two. It was something in there. But eventually, one thing that I really loved is focusing on things that are not around like calorie, like the calorie markers. Some right. people have the advice of like putting a post-it note on like the calorie thing. But I, I got really into... So when I started running, my first mile took me 19 minutes and I got down to like... I got down to, I think, nine minutes mm-hmm. in the span of like six weeks. And I was like, wow. And, and my body has not lost weight from running. My body has not. Like if anything, I've gained weight. Like it's not happened. Yeah. And it's same with weightlifting. It's always about how much more you lift versus the last time you did. Like it's it's learning to see what, how much more you can do. And I think like reshifting to having those types of goals Okay. and just acknowledging that like Yeah, I think a lot of us have it in our heads that like workout equals weight loss. Yeah. But it might not inherently. Like I struggle to eat enough in a day. And when I work out, I get hungrier. Mm -hmm. That's the same with like breastfeeding and so many other things. Like it actually triggers your body to be like, hey, we need more nutrients. We need to eat more. So if your body like doesn't actually lose all this weight with exercise and you're like, oh, I didn't mean to... I didn't, I wanted to go in for like my mental health and all of these things, but there's this hum in my brain that exists. Again, that's the culture. That's the society we live in. The hums are going to exist. They exist for me still, but I've learned to work past them. I've worked to celebrate the other types of wins. I've worked to really also acknowledge that like, even though I'm so dead tired at the end of the day, going for a nice long walk really helps my mental health. Like there's things like that, that are just ultimately you tune into like what is benefiting you and- I don't know that losing five pounds will be any better for you than, you know, 
how much your your mood shifts after a really nice walk in the outdoors. Yeah. Did you have Tiffany Ema on the podcast? Yeah. Too? yeah I found yeah, yeah. she was really helpful about just talking about like movement versus worrying yeah. about like working out. Yeah. I found her to be really amazing. And too. keep in mind, I used to be the kind of person that worked out in front of a mirror because if there was something that jiggled, that would yeah. be the new area I would target yeah. until I realized that like my body was always going to jiggle and that's like not a healthy mindset to have at all. Right. And so now I have to balance like those old thoughts with the new ones, but they get quieter. And I think that's a really good, and that's a, if you find that like working out is like triggering, then pay attention to that. But if you can find a way through it and also like understanding the hum's going to exist, that the old thoughts are going to bubble up, but you're persevering for like your overall health and like a better version of you or your mental health, like keep pushing for that. Keep striving for that. I love that. This is a hard pivot because it's about pie, which I hate. You know, I have opinions on pie. Should pumpkin pie be served hot or cold? I never like, this is my pet peeve. Oh. I do not like a hot pie. When people- You want a cold apple pie? When people nuke my pie, oh, it's upsetting. Oh. I like a cold pie because I like cold crust. Okay. You know what? Fair. I hate so pie, pumpkin but pie, I hear I've you. never even heard of warm pumpkin pie. Have I you ever know. had warm pumpkin pie? I would never touch a pie, Sarah. <laughs> Come on. There's not a single pie, not even a key lime pie. No, I don't like a key lime pie. Maybe a chocolate pie. Okay. But yeah, I also don't, I don't think I would eat the crust. I really just want chocolate mousse. Fair enough. I don't want a crust. If you find that I've liked something with crust in the past and you think you've got me, fine. Butter tarts. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you I was, were a judge. <laughs> I was a judge in a butter tart competition and... <laughs> I had to roll my body home. <laughs> you had to leave because they were so sick. A man quit the co- the judging competition and his wife, he was like, start the car. We have to go. Like it was like he it was inebriated. <laughs> he couldn't function. He had to run away. A lot of men wore um, jeans with yeah. buttons and that was a real mistake on their part. I didn't get fooled that way. Okay. <laughs> Everyone wants to know, is there a funny word or phrase that each of your kids used to say that you kind of miss that they say it? Oh my gosh. Like my daughter always used to say that it was worm outside instead of warm. And we really like oh, that. Oh yeah. It was Bo- Bowden used to say a lot of things wrong and he was the baby of the family. And it was just for a while, it was just Maya, Gemma and me and then baby Bowden. So yeah. he would say all these cute as shit little things and we would just let him say it because it was very entertaining to us. And then Shane came along and was like, it's not Calipiter, it's Caterpillar. Aww. And I was like, you did not. You ruined the Caterpillar. You ruined it. I love Calipiter was my favorite one. Aww. That's like Lemmy when she has a, her fluffer fly and now she calls them butterflies. And I was like, damn it. I loved when she called them fluffer flies. My favorite thing that Lemmy does is when she tricks you into offering her whatever she's talking about. So yeah. she'll be like a cow and you'll go, oh, there's a cow. And she'll go, yeah, where? I'm Where's like, a cow? I can't go provide see you a cow. cow. <laughs> you said the cow, Lemmy. It wasn't me. She but she's like, yeah, okay. Where's the cow? Her, and like, her new thing is she'll like whatever she wants, she like tries to make it like this big idea that maybe you've had. She'll be like, she'll pick up the clicker and she'll be like, oh, wow. What is that? What (laughs) is this? Oh, dad, look, what is that? And he's like a clicker. Okay. Yeah. Or he says remote. And she'll be like, okay. Or same with like an iPad. Oh, wow. What is this? Or like an (laughs) iPad. Okay, iPad. I'm like, no, 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 no. You know what it is. She's smart, that one. Someone wanted to know what was your favorite thing about working with Nyx? Oh, you know what? Their photo shoots are really magical. And I think just like that first photo shoot that I ever went on, like changed my life because it was, first of all, I was being asked to model. And that was the first time that like really happened. And I show besides bridal gowns, which I guess was pretty cool. But I showed up on the set and just like the girl who was like, there was four that were customers and one that was like a professional model. Mm -hmm. Her name is Truth Alexis. If you go and look her up, she's like the most stunning person. Mm. And I remember seeing cellulite on her legs and stretch mark on her thighs. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so drawn to those parts of her. And I was so drawn. And I I had like my robe clutched to my chest. And it was just this, like, as you spent time with the team and the models and everybody, just the light and the energy of everybody encouraging each other. And the fact that like, 
I don't know, like everything that I feel like people will be like, well, when are they coming out with a bigger size or when are they going to do this? They're like, it's already happening. Like they're so ahead. And when you look back in the history of like the movements of body inclusivity and things like that, they were doing it before it was cool. And I feel like that will always like, they never did it because it was a trend. They never abandoned it when it got like less trendy, like a lot of brands are doing. They consistently work towards just like being a better company and everything that you are a part of. Like, I just, I don't know. They're just a really, they're a really magical, magical company that has a lot to do with Joanna and her heart. Mm. She is just a really world-class human and I adore her, but I need to have her on the podcast. She agreed. Yeah. We're, we're going to do it. I'm just really bad at asking my friends besides <laughs> you who I ask every day. <laughs> but yeah, they are, they are really like, I love the bras. Like, obviously, I love the underwear. I love the bras. I wear them all the time. But when you're wearing something that the company that stands behind it, you also love their message and the way that they operate so much, it's hard to not feel passionate. I feel it goes, it shifts from being like, oh, this is a product I like to like, I'm passionate about this company. And I actually was like an unpaid influencer for them for years. And I would get offered, I remember my management used to be like, Sarah, we have all these underwear companies like begging to work with you. And I'm like, no, because my heart was so with NYX. And eventually they did pick up doing influencer work. And now I get to be like, I'm sponsored by them and stuff as well. But the passion I have for them is the same as a sponsored person as I was five years ago, six years ago, obsessed with who they were as a company and what they were doing. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's what I love about them. What celebrity couple would you want to go on a double date with, like with Shane? Oh, good question. I feel like I know who it would be right now because they're in the zeitgeist. Is it going to be Kylie and Jason? Yeah. Kelsey? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, I'm trying to play it cool. (laughs) I watched the Kelsey documentary and I'm really- You fell in love with the whole family. I really, really did. I love that. I love the. I love Travis and I love Taylor and I think they have a lot. You you know. I think they're. I think that the whole thing's going. But what's been going on is Kylie and Jason. And I feel like once I saw her in a little clip on their podcast, and then I watched the documentary, I was like, no, I love them. Like they're just the kind of people that I would chill with. She has a very dry humor, and I like that. Oh, no, you got to watch the documentary. She's so good. Like she's just so cool. So then here I am. I just I got like a. Peace Collective had like these ads going. I'm sure everyone's seen them for like these football teams. And I bought the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles one because I just watched the documentary and I was like, I think I'm an Eagles fan because (laughs) I'm like team Jason. And so I buy that and then I'm at the mall and I see a t-shirt. And so I put up this reel of being like, I watched the Kelsey documentary. I haven't even watched the game. And now I have like literal, I'm wearing Philadelphia Eagles merch. And then I, I confess that I like really just love Kylie so much. And I was like, I would be friends with her so fast. And then she followed me that night. I did not tag her. So this happened probably from other people sending her my stuff. But like, she liked other posts as well. Like she went, she did a little dive. I noticed that today. And I'm like, try, you you today were like, play it cool. It's I'm like, such I'm a trying. feeling. I'm trying. But like, <laughs> it's rare. You know, like when you get little crushes on people, yeah. I feel like everyone's got little crushes on Travis right now. And I have a little crush on Kylie. Like she's just the kind of person that I would want to hang out with. Like yeah. genuinely. And everyone's like, could you imagine Lemmy and the girls hanging out? And I'm like, listen, I can't even go that far. <laughs> and I've done this before. I used to have a massive girl crush on Christina Perry. And now she really is my friend. And I had to be like afterwards, like you have no fucking idea how cool I've been with you <laughs> because I have been squealing in my head since the first time you ever DM'd me. And now we're like actual real life friends. And it's like, it you, I have to have like separate, I have to have like a separate brain. I have to take off the brain that's like, you're the person I listened to when I was going through divorce and you like saved my life. Yeah. And then to be like, you're just like my really cool friend and I, and I love you and you're just like a normal human being. But yeah. I'm not there yet with Kylie. I'm just like, we haven't DM'd yet. It's like at the beginning of the relationship. I like relationship. that you bought the Eagles merch really need you to watch the documentary. My dad was like such a huge like Packers fan in the 90s Mm. that even though a lot of the quarterbacks end up being whatever, yeah, I'm always going to be a Packers fan. That's great. Honestly, this is the thing. I'm not the kind of football fan. (laughs) I'm not a rabid fan. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm just like, this is my team. I've never chosen one before. I've chosen my team. Yeah. This is who I root for now. And I'm also like, other people like, oh, I want to come over and like, I like this team. And I'm like, cool. I'm not going to like, I don't care. I don't care what other teams people like, but I said to Shane, I'm like, I think my life path now is I have to go to Philadelphia and watch a game. Like that's the next step. What kind of hot dogs do they have? I don't know. Maybe you should come with me. What if there's like a foot long stadium hot dogs? Maybe we do a papaya podcast takes Philly. (sighs) 
Somebody set this up for if me. If I could have I a hot never. dog, oh, I would love right, that. Right, right. Although See, we can't really encourage. go to an Eagles game. Can we and just drive be excited to about a hot dog? Oh, I don't know geography. Yeah, me either. I wonder how far it is. I don't know space and time. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, you get to choose one last good question. Do you want a more serious one? I don't care. Just give me a good one. Okay, we'll do one more serious one and then like a tiny funny one for okay, the end. Okay, sounds good. So one person wanted to know... Has having a baby that is technically like biologically Shane's mm. changed the family dynamic? I thought it would. I really worried about that, especially because the kids and Shane met when they were five, seven, and nine. Yeah. So they never got, but I think maybe that's a good thing. They never saw Shane with like, he, and he's this way with babies. Like he's this way with my nieces, like his nephews, like everything. Yeah. He is like this with babies. He loves little kids. And he also like really loved everything when they were five, seven, and nine and all the way up. I think there's, I had a lot of fears and I think I maybe placed more of that on there. Yeah. But ultimately, like, I don't feel that. I'm sure that the kids might, I mean, it might be weirder for them, but we genuinely feel just like a family unit. And it doesn't, I think the only, yeah, like it just feels like a normal family unit. I think I really thought it would feel like we were constantly blended. I know that Lemmy has like little sad moments when the kids go home, yeah. but the kids are also really good at like, they FaceTime yeah. and we call. I am very intentional about like, this is a weird thing, but it's just something that I've always done. But when the kids go to their dad's house, I try and not interrupt their life to like pacify yeah. how I feel. So I'm like, my phone's open always. Text me, call me anytime. Yeah. And so they kind of check in and then we get to talk. So that way I'm not pulling them out of their world. If they're doing something with their dad, I try and like let them have that time. And so we really, like when we're together, it just feels like a normal family unit, which includes frustrating teenagers, frustrating yeah. toddlers, all of the things and all the bits in between. But they also have like two totally separate family dynamics going on. And I feel like our home is like, like is home base for them. When we talked at one point about moving, the kids were like adamantly, like absolutely not because this is home base for them. They feel really comfortable here. Yeah. They love our family unit. They love everything. And that feels to me like we did something really right. I will say too, from an outsider, just as a friend looking in, I think the dynamic has changed, but almost like it's more positive and it's more loving. Because what I've seen from, like you always worry like, oh, are the the three kids going to be like mm. a little bit jealous or mm -hmm. like, oh, Shane, that's like your biological child. I saw none of that. I saw yeah. three older kids fall absolutely in love yeah. with their baby sister. And like, if anything, activities that a teen might roll their eyes at, now the whole now family is doing, doing it with excitement because it's like, so true. Lemmy wants to go to a pumpkin patch. Yes, let's go to a pumpkin patch. And you're yeah. all doing that together as a family. So it's almost like more bonding time. Yeah, I'll agree with that. And I think if anything, it's Shane who kind of gets on the outside because it's like, we're the OG. Like we're the OG <laughs> unit and you came in and then we added a child. But like we, for the longest time, we're like, remember this. And we had all these inside jokes and yeah. inside. So Shane was sort of like the outsider who got worked in. It was never like, now we have first family, second family. That's yeah. not really a vibe. But I do think the age gap probably contributed to that. And I also think that just because we're all collectively obsessed with Lemmy, it's like a, it's a common bonder now, right? No matter yeah. how old everyone's getting. Everyone loves Lemmy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Someone wanted to know, are you ever tempted to move somewhere closer to work opportunities? And I, I hope your answer is no, because you never want to leave. You're never going to leave my street. We're going to be neighbors forever. You know that our only plan in life, if we ever move, is to buy a plot of land and build houses beside each other. Like yeah. that's the life plan if we ever do Actually, it. Actually, I'll share my one worry <laughs> that okay. I brought up to Shane when we were talking about having land and building two houses on it. My one worry for some reason was what if we found gold on the property <laughs> and then we like fought over who gets the gold. And that was my we one concern. Into, we can write that into the contract. <laughs> no, I I mean, I do feel because I started in this as somebody who one is like a parent and two co-parents. Yeah. I know that I can't really move. So there's right. been times where I'm like, oh, it would be nice to have something downtown that I could like downtown Toronto or like in LA, like there's so, and I watch other people make that move and get so many other opportunities but at the same time, that's not my life path and that's totally okay. And I'm so grateful for the opportunities I do have. I don't think a lot of people realize that in the States you make more money. 
So in this field, so you do kind of take a hit being Canadian creator as opposed to an American one. However, I love working with Canadians. I love being in this. I love being Canadian. I love being here. And I think that ultimately I'm glad that I have like an anchored space and that I can sort of ebb and flow out of LA and out of Toronto. And I come home to like my little home base. So yeah, I've definitely thought about it before, but I let go of any sadness around not being able to do that because the alternative is like a really awesome life here. Excellent. Never leave me. And then finally, a lot of people wanted to know, they weren't sure about the origin of Lemmy's name. And a lot of people asked, what is Lemmy short for? Oh, yeah. So no, this is like Shane was sharing a story years ago. We were sitting in the parking lot of the Bay at Mapleview Mall, and he was sharing the story about Lemmy from Motorhead. And he just said the name. He was saying something about it. And I was like, I love that name. I'd never heard it before. Mm -hmm. And I said, but I would like, I would like that name for a girl. Yeah. And then we realized that it was like also a Nintendo character. Yeah. But we always said if we had a baby, we would call her Lemmy. We never, we never could land on a boy name because you know how you like talk names, even though we weren't really planning on having kids. So the second I was pregnant, we're like, it's going to be a girl and it's going to be Lemmy. So it's not really named after anyone or anything. It was just a name that he said in a conversation that I ended up really falling in love with. And Shane was like, that's awesome. I love it too. And that was that. So not short for anything. It's not short for anything. I really wish it was when somebody asked me if it was short. No, if it was short for Clementine. And I was like, oh my God, I wish it was short for Clementine. There is a song by Halsey, just sidebar, called Clementine. And I really like it. Just putting it out there. Everyone listen to that song. I do have one regret though. I wish I spelled her name L-E-M-I. You said that before, yeah. And I also, what I love is that her name is Lemmy and then people will call her different versions of that. Like in my DMs, they'll be like, oh, Lemster or- Lems. Lemmington. One person calls her Lemmington and I'm like, it's so cute that we've all like adopted these, our own little versions of her name or like, yeah, like, but my sister was like, wait a second. I called Gemma, Jemmy. And I was like, well, fuck. Jemmy and Lemmy. So we have Jemmy and Lemmy. But Aww. I never called her Jemmy. She's yeah. always been Bird or Gemma Bird. That's what we've always called her. So yeah. 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 But that's, yeah, no, there's, it's not actually some big, none of my kids have big meanings after any of their names. Each of their names come from something random. Yeah, Maya same. was from a show credit. Summer was from the OC. Yeah. Gemma was from a Gem and the Holograms. And Bryn was from the- Real world. Real world. Bowden was from watching Bodie Miller in the Olympics. Zachary was because of Zac Efron, because we were watching High School Musical 3. And Lemmy was from a random conversation in a parking lot. And Lynn is actually the only one with meaning, and that's because it is both my sister, my mom, and my mother-in-law's middle name. So it just made sense to call her Lemmy Lynn Landry, a little country star. Excellent initials. The end. That's literally all the questions we have for today. There are more, but I can save them for for another day. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for listening and asking your questions to Becky. And uh, don't tell them where to find me. Just remember that. (laughs) I don't want anyone to find me unless they really need to. Never look for anybody named neighbor Becky. Okay. Bye. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening all the way through this episode. If you've made it this far, I have one more little thing to share with you. Did you know that I actually have a photo and video editing app? So many people were surprised to hear that I have one, but it's actually been around for a little while and you can join over 200,000 of the Papaya community by downloading my free app, Pink Papaya on iOS. While so many apps focus on changing your appearance, Pink Papaya is all about celebrating yourself for exactly who you are and expressing your creativity and your storytelling with nearly 50 free filters and tools. Find us on social and share your edits as well. We might just share them too. So tag me as well at Pink Papaya app. Just had to share that with you, especially as the springtime's coming. We've got some really cool things happening in there and so much more coming. Check it out at Pink Papaya app. Thanks so much for listening and have a great day. Well, friends, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find us on Instagram at the Papaya Podcast. And if you loved what you just listened to or know somebody who would, please share it. Simply screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it to your Instagram stories. And don't forget to tag us. Last but not least, if you'd like to lend your personal support to the podcast, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be oh so grateful. 
tune in next week for a fresh new episode of the Papaya Podcast, and we'll see you then. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.